From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We wrap up our series with marketing entrepreneur Diane Lohr today with her best marketing do's and don'ts for women farmers. Learn about the importance of using your actual farm name frequently in conversations and how an old school paper business card can still go a long way. Diane is a marketing professional with a love for healthy food and owns and operates Adunate Word and Design, which specializes in helping food and agricultural organizations grow their business. She grew up eating homemade granola and carob in the 1960s and 70s, was involved in the dairy industry in the 1980s, and today lives on a small farm with her husband where they raise a majority of their own food. Thank you, Dylorek, for joining us again for our our fourth and last episode in the series with you dialing into branding and sharing our story as women farmers and helping our business succeed through all that. And I know you've seen a lot in your business, both the good and the bad, right? <laughs> in between mm-hmm. and with your connections to farming and support of the farming community, you've seen a lot of farms and farmers in different contexts and have seen, again, the good, the bad, the ugly. So what what are some tips like marketing do's and don'ts, if you will, that you uh, could share, particularly to be helpful for women farmers. Yeah. Um, You're right that we have traveled around quite a bit, and now our children are grown, so we've kind of developed a hobby of culinary traveling. Nice. Um, That's our favorite. We like to go to breweries and wineries and farm dinners and food festivals and all of that. So that has given me an opportunity to see things that – they either are working really well or not. So I came up with some do's and don'ts. And the first thing that I notice uh, really makes a difference is how a business, whether it's a farm or a service or even just a product, how they promote their name, how they showcase it. Hmm. And so that's both verbally and visually. So in your conversation, you want to speak your farm's name liberally as if it's basically a person. I use my business name, Adonate, a lot. It's a unique name. Um, Sometimes people aren't sure how to pronounce it. So I say Adonate a lot. It engages conversation. Exactly. (laughs) A-D-U-N-A-T-E. They want to know how to spell it. I spell it. And then I tell them what it means, how it's a Latin word for uniting because I do words and design. That's what you want to bring into your business name, the story behind it, and you want to use it in conversation a lot so that people can relate to it. And secondly, visually, that's huge. Um, Signage, uh, sign in front of your farm, signage on your truck door, on your paper bags, 
um, on your market booth, uh, your sign, your business name, your business logo should be bold and it should be high enough that it's seen, even if someone's not right up under your your tent, you know, if they're across the aisle, they should still be able to see it, even though there's a crowd of people between you and the sign, um, and they and the sign. And lastly, um, business cards. You know, we, in our technical world, we think that those are outdated, but they're not. They are not dead. It's huge. And a business card has actually become an eclectically quaint way of communicating. They're more and creative now, Yes, right? they, they are. And- you make an impression with your business card because you've gone the extra step. You really care about the person you're networking with. So um, put your business name on your business card, large, and uh, spend the extra money to flip it over and have it printed on the back with the products you're producing and or some photos or... exactly yeah um use it you can go and have 500 business cards printed at you know the chain business stores for yeah. 25 to 30 dollars it's i've known several farms now who have used moo okay. where they make like square cards they're really yes. unique and they're mm-hmm. they're a little collectibly like yeah. almost but there's probably a number of companies out there now that are super easy to definitely use with templates there, there's no reason not to showcase your farm name on a business card and then hand those out. My second uh, thoughts on that is a don't. And don't market yourself before establishing your brand. It's totally counterintuitive. Um, If you don't know who you are as a business and you haven't decided what you want your visual identity to be and you go out and start your marketing... Um, you're not going to be consistent, you don't have anything to go on, and you're going to inevitably waste time and money. Um, If we go back to that idea of a blueberry farm on Royal Blue Ridge, we'll call it, um, and you decided on that name after you set up your farmer's market stand in which you had a red awning, you have to go out and buy a new blue awning to match. So you want to do things in a proper order. It will save you time and, and money. put some, some thought behind it. And sometimes, too, I would think it might help, especially if you're starting off, to keep things a little broader mm-hmm. so that you could diversify under that. We had uh, friends out in California who started a pickle company, and they called it Fearless Pickles. And they thought all they were going to do is pickles. Mm -hmm. But lo and behold, they were really good at the whole value-added stuff and ended up doing a whole lot of other things and had to completely reinvent their brand under Happy Girl Kitchen, which is much broader for doing different things. So it's to your point, it just requires some thought and to really start thinking strategic. And you might not know. You probably don't know. Nobody knows exactly where you're going to be five, ten years from now. But to at least... uh, Keep keep the net as open mm-hmm. as you can. Right. And and accept that your business is going to be a growing and evolving thing. That sometimes you can just overanalyze everything. Should I go with this name? But someday I might be this. Um, and you hold yourself back. Uh, it's a fine line. Yeah. It's a little bit of that like entrepreneurial mindset of you just you just gotta try it, you right. know, and and, and it, know that anything can be changed. <laughs> exactly. And actually that can be a whole marketing ploy in itself too. A further story to tell. So think of it that way. Um, 
the uh, another do um, that I've noticed and I really enjoy when we're traveling is um, do evoke a sense of place um, based on your brand. Uh, whether it's your farm itself or maybe it's just your farmer's market stand, maybe it's just your truck, but the impressive the impression that you give off creates this sense of place. Um, some of the places we've been to, uh, maybe they didn't even have impressive buildings or expensive decor, but they were our favorites because they carried this passion through each aspect of who they were. Um, and I'm thinking of a little brewery, um, just a little taproom brewery in a two-car garage. And they carried that through in their brand um, from the way uh, they had their sign out in front to the way they named each of their beer flavors. It related to the garage aspect. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they created a sense of place. And think about what emotion or what feel a person is going to have when they come onto your farm. And that's sometimes that's too, your sense of place. It's mm-hmm. practical information on place as in where you are. One of... With my writer hat, I'm often looking online for certain farms. I need to write about a lavender farm, let's say, or something. And I'm just Googling lavender farm, and I can easily find some. But when you go on somebody's main website, and it may look lovely, et cetera, but you have to, like, dig. Where are you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What part of the country, what part of the world are you in? And to just think about that, that when somebody sees your initial communications and your initial branding, that they associate you with a place. And I know we just always assume, well, everybody knows me at the market or I'm a local business, et cetera, but you never know who's looking for you. Exactly. If I have to dig too hard or I can't tell you, sometimes I'm on a farm website, then they're, they're not listed where they are. Right. Or or the other one is names of people. I, it's it's just a pet peeve of mine personally, but if you can't put your name, your name, Mm -hmm. Lisa Kivris, Dylor on your businesses website there's yeah. a problem especially you're if it's not a endorsing farm. yeah especially for everything you've been talking about brand and authenticity authenticity uh that's a missing link i think mm-hmm. and i know people have questions on privacy and that's a whole other topic to dive oh. into but but still i mean you are you're a public business no matter right. what this isn't uh something to uh not and share we are way beyond that um we are not hiding our privacy anymore. Um, it's not possible. And that, that comes through in how we, we create that emotion and that sense of place with our business. And um, I thought, too, about ways in which, you know, maybe we aren't realizing. Uh, we live on our own farms, and we see that every day. And there are things we don't see it'd be helpful to have someone else come and maybe walk through it with you and give an idea of what uh, the tourist is seeing when they come to your farm. Things like, um, how do you look from the road? Or how inviting is your driveway? Um, Get a different perspective. And too, whenever you visit other farms, which that's the fun part too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ex- yeah. anytime you do a farm visit, a field day, whatever it may be, A, it's a business expense, might I add things. And mm-hmm. B, you learn something. I always see that. I remember clearly when we were starting our B&B, we went to 
not a farm stay per se, it was just a regular bed and breakfast. And guests come in at different times of day. And when you come in at night, particularly later to a place, and it's so quiet, mm-hmm. that kind of freaked me out. Like I'm walking into somebody's house, you know, and I'm breaking in. And for me, that meant always having like a little music going on in the background oh, or something, do you good. know? Yeah. So, but it was visiting other places and seeing what I didn't really like right. that uh, worked. But how it is through their eyes and their sense of emotion. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Well, these are great do's mm-hmm. and don'ts. Do you have, I have make two sure we catch, more. Okay, yeah. we catch them all. Um, uh, one was a don't. Don't take your stress out on the customer. You know, farming is hard work and we all have our say, bad or your days. Spouse or partner, yeah. don't do that either. Exactly. <laughs> Children, no. Um, but but yeah. I think of how in a restaurant, sometimes a, a waiter is feeling stressed because maybe they're busy. And you get a sense that, oh, I I feel really bad. He's so busy. Like, maybe I shouldn't be here because I'm making it worse. Think about it. Are you projecting your stress onto your customer? Totally. It's interesting Mm because we don't think of farming as a service business, but Mm -hmm. it is. It is. Well, whenever you're interacting with the public. Yeah, definitely. uh, It's a different persona. And on the other hand, do be positive and be happy because our attitudes and our emotions are contagious. When we're happy... Um, we're projecting that onto the customer and we're thinking positively um, about our product. We're letting them think positively about it. If if we can convey that our work is just so helpful to them and so good that we're willing to be out here selling it, we want to project that joy and that happiness to them so that they can feel the same. And it really is refueling. I, I We've all experienced that, right? Where whatever reason, something's going wrong, it's a stressful day, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. you, it, it might feel a little fake for that first couple of minutes, but yeah. then all of a sudden the day changes, right? It does, And things definitely. start clicking in a different direction. We, yep. And uh, we all need that reboot sometimes. Yeah. But that's a, a joy that that service side, interacting with your customers can do, mm-hmm. most definitely. Definitely, yep. Great. All well, right, thank terrific. You. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.